In today's show, we look ahead to Wednesday in the NBA, streaming options, who's in, who's out, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We here look at Wednesday. There are seven games on streaming options some injury updates that we need to cover as well. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Hawks and Wizards is the first game up. The Wizards are on a back-to-back. They play on Tuesday. At this point, guys who are out, Atlanta has a clean injury report. For Washington, a lot's going to depend on what happens here on Tuesday. Kuzma is questionable for Tuesday's game, while Monte Morris is doubtful. I really don't. I didn't think that Morris was going to play both of these back-to-back games. He's not going to play Tuesday. I don't think he's going to play Wednesday, but that's just a guess. So we need to weigh on that one. For the Hawks, the John Collins situation, we need to monitor that. Yeah, I think we've seen three games in a row of really low minutes um, since Quinn Snyder took over when he hasn't played over 25 minutes yet. Or actually, it's not true. He played 26 in the first game. But minutes are trending down. Now, last game he played well, but there was some foul trouble involved. So what's his role? Where does he fit? Is he back to 27 minutes? Is he staying at 20 minutes and Sadiq Bay closes over him? Because that's been the trend under Snyder. And that obviously makes John Collins a drop. But we need to watch to see if there's any change in that. Also, Anyeka Okongwu, who played 23 minutes and 23 minutes, while Capella played 25 and 25. And then last game, it was 34 to Clint and 14 to Okongwu. Notice that Collins isn't playing any minutes at center either. If Okongwu is a backup center playing 14 minutes, then he's not a 12-team league player. If he's a backup center playing 23, then he is. But that level of uncertainty, which we didn't know that we had that level of uncertainty, that got introduced last game, makes it something that we do need to pay attention to. Because if there's going to be fluctuations, if he's not going to get minimum 20 minutes a night, then he moves more into a streaming guy. But let's see exactly what happens during this game. Cavs and Heat is the next one. The Cavs are one and a half point favorites here over Miami on the road. Kyle Lowry will remain out. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. We don't know about Kevin Love. He missed the last game or Nikola Jovic with that back stress reaction. Not that Jovic is going to play, but obviously Love in there impacts guys like Oladipo and Struess and maybe not Caleb Barton who played 30 minutes with Love and 28 minutes without Love. So his minutes seem sort of secure there. For the Cavs, I highlight they want to watch Jarrett Allen because they didn't use him as much last game. He played only 25 minutes or yeah, 20, yeah, 25 minutes in that game or sorry, yeah, 25 in an overtime game. They closed with Karis LeVert over him. And Okoro and Stevens in that mix as well. They didn't go with the two centers. So is that a trend? Because he's played under 30 minutes the last two games, Alan. One of those was a blowout, though, against Detroit. But the other one was the overtime game against the Celtics. So how they use him is going to be interesting. Well, Ricky Rubio, minutes all over the place. 27, 26. What does that mean? Rubio has not looked good this season. He can dish assists, but... That level of inconsistency in his playing time makes it really hard for us to even rely upon him as a streaming source of assists. 
for Miami. Victor Oladipo was really strong yesterday. Was that because Kevin Love was out and Max Struess was playing predominantly as a forward? Probably. They also limited... Um, Gabe Vincent, and that gave more minutes to Oladipo. Now, Oladipo hasn't been as good as what he was last game. Which one is it? Is he going to push into 30 minutes tonight, irrespective of Kevin Love, or irrespective of his form? Or was it the fact that he played well that he got the extra playing time? 30 minutes tonight, Oladipo is a 12-team league guy. I just don't think we're going to get there. I also want to watch Caleb Martin, who has turned into a 12-team streaming guy, and he has some stream value. We see what his role is. Is he 28 minutes with Love? Does he maintain that with Love starts, but Martin's the actual starter coming off the bench? Was that only a couple of game anomaly? What are we going to see out of Caleb and the way that Spolstra runs that rotation? The Mavs and the Pelicans. Dallas is on a back-to-back, heading into New Orleans, who desperately need a win. Zion will be out. Larry Nance will be out. Jose Alvarado will be out. For Dallas, Muxy Kleber is questionable. I would imagine that Kleber doesn't play both of these games Tuesday, Wednesday. So watching his status for Utah is important. And then Josh Richardson, who um, has missed the last couple of games for personal reasons. He's missed two games. We don't know whether he is going to play in this one for New Orleans. What I want to watch, though, is Trey Murphy. He was great last game. He played 38 and 37 minutes the last two games. He's been over 30 for three straight games. Does he hold on to the starting role, even if Richardson returns? I would think so. I would hope so, but I don't know. And we need to see that because 32 minutes a night of Trey Murphy is a 12-team league player. 25 minutes isn't. Same with Josh Richardson. 30 minutes, yes. 24 minutes, no. So we don't know how that's going to work. While Herb Jones was really strong last game in his minutes without Josh Richardson have been high as well. 36 and 37 minutes. He actually generated big assist numbers last game too. That's probably an anomaly. And I think we just rely upon him for steals, but what's the role? Is it 28 minutes? Or is it 37 minutes? They are obviously pretty significant differences that we do need to pay attention to. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM, the mobile game that you guys really do need to to be getting on it and getting on board and having a look. If you've ever dreamed of being an NBA GM or managing a basketball franchise, well, your dream can come true and this game is definitely for you. You're responsible for so many different things, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft draft picks, that's the word, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. This is a challenging and realistic game world. Don't download it on your phone. We've done it across the Locked On Podcast Network hosts and we're going up against each other in a league at the moment just to see who is the best fake NBA GM. A lot of fun in there and building our teams. It's hard at first. You get no resources. Your owner is completely cantankerous. And building that up is a real challenge. And I'd suggest that you guys go download it. And also just start a league with your friends. See who can be the best at it. Locked on Fantasy Basketball listeners are also getting a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Go to probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. The Blazers and the Celtics is the next game we're going to take a look at. And there has been an update on Portland's injury status for tomorrow. We know that Anthony Simons is out. We know that Justice Winslow is out, but they've upgraded Yusuf Nurkic to questionable. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. So we don't know whether he is going to go. We don't know if he's going to play or not, but it's obviously a positive sign. For the Celtics, Rob Williams is out but Al Horford will return, and Jason Tatum is also not on the injury report, so he will return, but Peyton Pritchard is there questionable with an ankle issue. For the Blazers, with the absence of Simons, we're expecting big minutes again from Cam Reddish. He played 40 minutes last game, 
37 the game before that. He was also functioning as their backup point guard. He's getting assists. He's getting threes. He's getting steals. He's shooting well above his head. That is going to drop off. But the the volume, the responsibility for Reddish makes him useful for the time being. I've also got Trenton Watford on here. I don't even know if Watford's going to play. That's what I want to watch. Because if Nurkic plays, does Eubanks just get all the backup minutes? Does Watford just fall back out of the rotation? Probably. I don't think they'll run two centers or three centers. But Watford had been playing well and been playing equivalent, if not more minutes, than Eubanks a lot of the time. So where they use Watford, I don't know. For the Celtics, it's been a couple of disappointing games in a row for Derek White. Maximum Derek. He will start again, most likely, and play 30 minutes. But are we going to get the good Derek White back? Because he's sort of struggling with usage and shooting. Defensive stats have fallen off a little bit. I'd like to see what he looks like here. And Al Horford, we detailed this on the buy low, sell high show. He's hitting like 60% of his threes, and it's boosted his numbers way up. He's hitting threes at an astonishing rate all season, um, and I think there's going to be a regression somewhere. Let's see what they do with his minutes. He's also averaging 34 minutes a game over the last two weeks, which I think is going to have to come down at some point. The Bulls and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are eight-point favorites here. Um, Javante Green is out. Zeke Naji is out. Michael Porter Jr. has reappeared on the injury report with an illness. He's listed probable, but he played through that illness last game, so he should be okay. Well, Vlaco Chanchar is questionable with that wrist sprain. With Chanchar out, it gives, or if Chanchar is out, it gives more minutes to someone like a Christian Brown. For the Bulls, we had Zach Levine on the buy low, sell high show because he's shooting at an unbelievable level at the moment. That is going to cool off, whether it happens here or not. We don't know, but let's see what Levine looks like. And if he does see the shooting call off, does that result in a usage drop? I also want to watch the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Because the minutes have been a bit up and down. 26, 20, 19, 27. 27 minutes of Caruso is a 12-team league player. 20 is not. Are they going to stick with him as a starter, playing 29 minutes a night? Are they going to change that up and go back to Patrick Williams? I don't know, but that's what we want to pay attention to. For the Nuggets, I do want to watch Bruce Brown and Reggie Jackson because last game, Jackson played more minutes than Brown. Really hard to look at Brown as a must-roster player with the addition of Jackson and with a healthy starting five, but we know if someone's out of the starting five, he probably gets a start. Although, when Gordon was out, they started Chancha, so that limited Bruce Brown's value. If you have him, holding him is okay, but he's not really looking like a must-roster guy. While Reggie Jackson's played all right the last couple of games, Still more of a deeper league streamer for points and threes, but the fact that he's cutting into some of that, that playing time for other guys is important for us to note. The Thunder. They are playing the Phoenix Suns. It is a back-to-back for OKC. The Suns are 11-point favorites in this one. We know Poku's going to be out. We don't know about the Bronco Jalen Williams. We know that he is out on Tuesday, so we don't know his status. And then we'll get a real idea what is happening with Shea Gildas-Alexander because he's going to play Tuesday. So does that mean that he's going to sit on Wednesday? I don't know. That report came out and said we're going to limit his minutes. And of course, he played 37 minutes. And we're going to monitor back-to-backs. But they have two back-to-backs this week. So I would expect that Shea sits one of those. I just don't know whether he's actually going to be out. Well, Landry Shamit will be out for Phoenix. On the Sun side, I want to watch Josh Kogi. I want to see his usage. I want to see his shooting percentages. His minutes, I think, are going to be pretty strong. Although, he only played 22 minutes last game. So they gave extra minutes to Ish Wainwright, and we got minutes for Terrence Ross back in that rotation. So if Ross is healthy, does that mean a Kogi plays under 30? And that obviously would take him out of 12-team discussions, I would think. So watching his role is important. And then DeAndre Ayton, I know what his role is. I know his minutes. I know he's going to start. But is he ever going to get the ball? Is he going to shoot? I think he had six field goal attempts last game. And he still can be useful, 
but he needs to get more usage to be considered a better option than um, than he was in that last game because the rebounds will be there, but we need a little bit more usage to really bring out the value in DeAndre Ayton. The Raptors and the Clippers. Um, the Clippers are three and a half point favorites in this one. Who's out? Norman Powell. That's it. On the Raptors, I want to watch Gary Trent because it's trending again. We talk trends. The minutes are heading down. 28, I'm sorry, 27, 28, 18, 32, 23. Now the 32 makes you go, oh, maybe it's not a trend. But that was a that was a weird game where they limited Pirtle and Trent got red hot. And last game, Trent shot 67% from the field and played 23 minutes. That's a real red flag to me. If he goes again, at 22 minutes, 23 minutes, Gary Trent, then he is a droppable player because he doesn't bring rebounds or assists. He doesn't bring blocks. He's a bad field goal guy. He needs volume. He needs points, threes, and steals. And if you're only if you're playing 10 fewer minutes a game, it's really hard to get that. So we want to see what his role is. And we want to see if they continue to persist with 11 useless minutes of Will Barton, which is what they've been doing. So if we get those 11 minutes or so from Will Barton, where does that... You know, that's probably going to have an impact on what Gary Trent does. We need to watch that. Not that we're adding Barton, but Barton, the insistence of using Barton is having an impact on Trent and a lot of other guys on this team. No, you, Will! No, he's ready to sack that. Run, Will! Give it off quick! For the Clippers, there is no Norman Powell. We want to watch Russell Westbrook, who's still get, getting just a ridiculous amount of minutes. 34 minutes last game against the Grizzlies. Um, it looks like they're going to persist with that. They started Nick Batum in the second half last game. But Ty Lue was at pains to say that was only for that game. So expect Marcus Morris to start again for whatever reason they deem necessary. Watching Westbrook's minutes in addition to Eric Gordon, who played 33 off the bench last game. Terrence Mansour's minutes cut. How everyone runs there. Like, I don't know what the plan is with Westbrook. I know that they got out of jail and got that victory against the Grizzlies where they probably could have lost, which probably preserves Westbrook's role. Um, but I just, I don't know where it goes moving forward. And then Eric Gordon was... Was able to put up a big game. Is that real? Is that something we need to pay attention to? I don't think so. But let's see what his playing time looks like in comparison to Mann and to Batum and to Morris and to even uh, Mason Plumley. Interesting that they gave Bob Covington a DNP CD as well as old mate um, Bones Highland, who got DNP'd as well. Lucky that he cried about uh, being out of the rotation or not getting enough minutes in Denver. And he goes to the Clippers where it's a, it's a worse situation for him. Good for him. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and three-pointers drained. The Thunder have a game on Tuesday. They're four-point underdogs against the Warriors at home. The Warriors have got a terrible road record. You know, is Jalen Williams that important that the Warriors are favored over the Thunder? Probably, but that's an interesting one to take a look at. FanDuel also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at streaming. Now, there is no back-to-back on Wednesday, Thursday. So we're streaming just for Wednesday and, of course, rest of week, which we'll talk about later on. Matisse Thibel, excellent streamer. These guys are all available in 50% plus of leagues. Matisse Thibel, Dan Gafford. The last two games haven't been great for Gafford. He's still getting 24 minutes, but I still think that he's worth a stream 
Cam Reddish, yes. Um, Isaiah Joe, that's under the assumption that Shea is out, and I don't know that for sure. So just keep that in mind, that Joe might become a streamer. Alex Caruso for defensive stats. Denny Avdia with the potential that Kuzma's out as well. Um, Josh Kogi and Patrick Beverly. The streaming options are a little bit rough on Wednesday. So things might open up with other injuries, but at the moment, the options aren't particularly strong. If we look at some deeper league guys, Nick Batum, Josh Green, who's back starting, Reggie Bullock, Gabe Vincent, although he's been pretty rough, Eric Gordon, Trendon Watford, who may or may not even play, um, Dwight Powell and Kobe White as some deeper league guys. All of these players are available in 90% plus of leagues. For points leagues, Cam Reddish heads the list there. Daniel Gafford, Denny Avdia, Matisse Thibel, Delon Wright, Isaiah Joe, Lou Dort, and Josh Kogi as some solid stream guys. Now, we look at Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the next four days. Four days, that's four. The next four days of action. And we know that the Saturday has the big volume, the 10 days there. So we're looking at low volume days, which is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There are a bunch of people who have two low volume games over the next three nights. And there's some players to attack. Dylan Wright and Dan Gafford for the Wizards with two games. Thibel and Cam Reddish with two games for the Blazers. Caldwell Pope with two games for the Nuggets. Okongwu with two games for the Hawks. Um, Avdia, another guy for the Wizards with two games. And Drew Eubanks with the Blazers with two games too. Although Eubanks' value does cut down a little bit with the likely return of Yusuf Nurkic. If you look at the next four days in general, including the 10-game day on Saturday... All of these top seven names here, I think, are top 100 on a per-game basis. Tari Eason with two games. Dillon Wright with two games. Now, Kyle Anderson's only got one game over the next four nights, so that's not great. But in terms of his overall value, I think that there is real strong strong reason to have Kyle Anderson on your roster. One game in four nights is not good, but he is still a useful player. Matisse Thibault's got two games. Dan Gafford, Caldwell Pope, and even Cole Anthony. With the absence of Gary Harris, maybe the absence of Wendell Carter, the definite absence of John Isaac... Cole Anthony's minutes and usage should push up a little bit, and two games over the next four nights is interesting. Anyeka Okongwu's got the volume in his favor. He's got three games over the next four nights, so the volume there helps him provide that top 100 number to get those three games in four nights. It's both the Hawks and the Heat that have three games in four nights over the next four nights that you can consider, but both of those teams do play on Saturday, so have a look that if you are adding an Atlanta or a Miami player, would you actually have them in your active lineup on Saturday? Because the three games in four nights doesn't work if you can't play them on that um, on that Saturday. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>